0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Blue Shirts fans to episode number 184 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. And today we've got part two of our conversation with Mr. Trey Matthews of Locked On New Jersey Devils, talking a little bit of Rangers, talking a little bit of Devils, and even making some predictions for the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs, including picking who we think will ultimately lift the Stanley Cup trophy at the end of this crazy 2014 tournament. Enjoy.
1: So talking about our young guys, you know, you, you mentioned Cacto, and I mentioned Hughes, like, and you guys are most likely going to get locked on uh, My friend, uh, my friend Jake Rezoniak, I've had him on my show before. He says that uh, you guys might butcher it and just not draft him. Is there any possibility that happens or like, is there any scenario you see it or is it just 99.9% lock unless someone like literally just uh,
0: loses their brain in the process? Like, is there any chance of that happening? Well, it's funny you say that because I've been putting the chances of the Rangers drafting Lafreniere at 99.9%. I don't see any way how, I mean, it makes sense not to completely tip your hand and to at least leave the door cracked in case some team comes along and just blows your mind, which is a crazy offer that you can't possibly refuse. Um, you know, it makes sense to at least keep that option open. But everything you're hearing about Alexi Lafreniere, this dude's a generational talent. He's phenomenal, he's a competitor, he's a leader. I mean, there's nothing not to like about this kid. And the Rangers are a team that's extremely young to begin with. They're still in the middle of a rebuild. Well, what better way to to rebuild your franchise than to take a generational talent with the first overall pick? So to answer your question, um, I guess you can never say that there's no chance, but there's pretty much no chance. I, I think the Rangers would need to have their heads checked if they didn't take Lafreniere with that number one pick there.
1: Do people I hear people say Lafreniere uh Lafreniere, like is there just two different ways to say his name because I cuz you know uh he's from Quebec so you know I know there's probably a French way and an English way like <laughs> I hear Lafren uh Lafreniere, like you know what what do you say like or what do you think the correct way of saying it is cuz I say if you want to play hockey you need a confusing last name
0: that's what Exactly. Do. Exactly. That's step 1 right there to becoming a great hockey player. I've been saying Lafreniere um And again, I've heard it pronounced a couple different ways as well. I'll just wait until I see him on the Rangers, man. And I'll, I'll just trust Sam Rosen because Sam Rosen's on top of his game night in and night out as the Rangers play by play guys. So whatever he calls him, I'll call him the same thing. And if anybody, you know, says anything to me about it, I'll say, Hey, you know, ask Sam over there. He's, he's got us covered.
1: You should be really excited about him. Uh, Last season, uh, putting up 112 points on 77 assists and 35 goals. So, you know, he's a goal getter, but he'll get his teammates involved as well. Um, it's crazy, so, man. You know, I, he's...
0: I, I think you should he, be excited. Yeah, he averaged over two points per game in the QMJHL last year. And, I, like, the joke I keep making, you can't even do that in a video game, man. With the difficulty, set it easy. You know what I mean? No, you can't. I
1: tried. <laughs> I, I, yeah. tried.
0: I tried. <laughs> I think we've I, all I tried, failed. yeah.
1: Failed epically. But uh, what are you looking forward to for these, like, young matchups? So uh, we got Heijer and Q, and we'll have our number seven overall pick. Somewhere in the future, I, it, it could really be uh, anyone. Like uh, last show I did, Alexander uh, Holtz, for example, might, you know, could he go to the Devils? Or, you know, I'm going to do more episodes of who can the uh, Devils potentially draft. So, you know, we got Heijer and Hughes, both former nom- number one overall picks. You guys are most likely going to get Lafreniere. And you have uh, Cato, uh and probably someone else I'm probably forgetting. But uh, what are you looking forward to? Because this is going to be a young matchup. Uh, When when we see when we see our teams play, what are you looking forward to when Devils and Rangers
0: go at it? Just kind of seeing that rivalry kind of reignite. I mean, you know, 1994, the Eastern Conference Finals, you probably don't want to get into that too much. But that was just I mean, in my mind, I know it was a long time ago. I think that might be the greatest playoff series that's ever been played in the history of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, you know, obviously they met in the Eastern Conference Finals, I believe in 2012, with the Devils winning that one. But it's just a fantastic rivalry. It's old school. You know, you see a couple of years ago, there was a line fight to start one of the games. Uh, I'm looking forward to just seeing that bad blood, but I'm also looking forward to seeing the talent on display as well, because I think we could kind of see a mix of games where, you know, the talent is on display, but there's also some of that old school grit as well. And man, we might be like three, four, five years away from just seeing the Rangers and Devils go back to kind of being on top of the... Eastern conference, or at least among the best teams in the Eastern conference. So I just think it would be so cool to kind of see that rivalry take off again and see them be among the elite teams in the Eastern conference and in the NHL. And don't forget the goalies as well. You know, I know, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, uh, restricted free agent for you guys, but if he's back, you know, we could have 10, 15 years of Blackwood against just Durkin, and that could be a lot of fun as well. So man, it's just, it's going to be a lot of fun to see these teams, you know, kind of just take off again. And, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get another Ranger devil playoff matchup at some point as well.
1: Uh, I hope we just get a playoff devil team, period. So <laughs> Fair uh... enough.
0: Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors. Dot com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.biltbar.com.
1: So uh, I want to talk about uh, uh, Henrik Lundqvist, uh, your, your guys' goalie uh, from Sweden. Uh, he, P.K. Subban, and uh, Matt Dumba are both up for the nomination for the King Clancy Award, yep. which is uh, helping um, uh, the community you know, outside of the ring. So uh, I didn't touch on Lundqvist as much as I wanted to, but because um, c- c- I've talked, I talked about Dumba and I talked about uh, Subban and what they mean for like, you know, the black community or people of color trying to play hockey. Uh, what What can you say about Henry uh, uh, Lundqvist and what he's done for maybe your guys' organization or maybe just outside of the rink, if, if you know anything?
0: I mean, he's just one of the true good guys in hockey. I mean, I think that's the best way I can put it. And, you know, I actually talked about the King Clancy Award a couple episodes ago. Mentioned Lundqvist, mentioned Dumba, mentioned P.K. Subban. Just kind of talked a little bit about all the things they do. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, he has the Henrik Lundqvist Foundation. It partners with a variety of charities. One of them is the Garden of Dreams Foundation, which he has been a spokesperson for since 2009. And, you know, he's just always been very charitable. He uh, drives people to his website to make donations. And, you know, just one of the true good guys in hockey. I I it would be great to see him win the award, but it's one of those awards. And I, I think you would agree with this. It almost doesn't even matter who wins it because you look at guys like Dumba, you look at guys like Subban, you look at guys like Lunquist. I mean, just making a difference off the ice. I mean, that's what really counts and whoever wins it. That's great. It's a beautiful trophy. I'm sure they'll happily accept it, but I would get the feeling, you know, the other two nominees probably be the first two guys in line to shake the hand of the winner, you know, after that happens. um, Just unbelievable stuff that Henrik Lundqvist does and, Man, I just hope somehow, some way he can win a Stanley Cup. I don't know, you know, what the future holds for him. If he'll be back with the Rangers next year, he is under contract for one more season. Maybe the Rangers could convince him to waive his no-move clause, and then he goes to a team that, you know, he has a chance to be the backup and a team that has a chance to win the Stanley Cup next season. I would love to see him lift the Stanley Cup before it's all said and done. I don't know how realistic that is, but, you know, obviously, fingers crossed, because I don't know if there's a player in hockey that deserves it more than he does, you know, both for what he's done on the ice and what he's done away from the ice.
1: Right. And uh, I don't know if you knew this, but the winner will get $10,000 and they can donate it to a charity of their choice. Whereas the runner ups, I believe they'll win about $5,000 each. So everyone still wins. It's just the amount of, uh, the amount of sum that will be donated to the respective charity. So everyone's still going to turn up winner and whatever charity he decides to donate to, they're either going to, they're still going to get a large sum of money. It's just depending on, uh, you know, that, that differential. So everyone's still a winner.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it's funny with Subban because, you know, obviously he started his career with the Montreal Canadians. He pledges $10 million to the uh, children's, I forget the name of the hospital, but it's basically a children's hospital in Montreal. And, you know, the Rangers, the year that they went to the Stanley cup, 2014, they played the Canadians in the conference finals. And, you know, PK Subban st- tends to, uh, you know, make his presence known on the ice. He's a little bit of an agitator, He'll be involved in some things after the whistle. So naturally, the Rangers are playing the Canadians in this high-stakes series, and I'm like, man, I don't like Subban. But then I find out not long after that. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. Some of the charity, the charitable work that he does away from the ice, and it's like, how can I possibly dislike this guy? Like, it's almost like I didn't want to know that because I was so comfortable just being like, oh, Subban's the villain. It's like, no, Subban's one of the coolest dudes in hockey, in sports, really.
1: Yeah. So uh, PK, actually, what what? um What's really pushing him over the edge of, you know, being nominated for the King Clancy Award is that he donated uh, $50,000 to George Floyd's uh, Daughters Foundation. And yeah. uh, he told the NHL that and the NHL actually ma- matched that. So all in all, $100,000 donated to that uh, respective uh, cause. So, uh, yeah, so what what P.K. Uh, does stuff for Children's Hospital and uh, he, donates, he, he says he tries to donate millions of dollars to that foundation because, he kind of understands what what it's like to you know just uh being privilege and and you know what that's what i that's what i like i'm more about action than i am about um being performative and i've covered this on my show before like if, if you want to make a change in in society if you want to make a change in the world whether you know there's a whole range of things that we want change but uh don't be performative about about it actually um Go out and and do something like take action. So uh, that's why I like about Lundqvist. That's why I like about Subban. uh They they're just w- willing to um they're, they're willing to take action and be leaders and examples. And I Lundqvist has been with you guys for a while. Like I think he's um uh, what is, is he coming up on year twenty?
0: I think I know they drafted him in two thousand. Now he didn't make his debut until I believe two thousand five was his first year with the Rangers. You know as far as making his NHL debut, but yeah, no, he's he's been there for what feels like forever. And, you know, if he comes back next year, I mean, certainly he would be kind of overpaid in a backup role, but I can't push Henrik Lundqvist out the door, man. He's just too good of a guy and, and really, you know, a legend of the sport. Right. And uh, I, w- I want to do another crossover soon, but,
1: but I wanted to talk about this. So, uh, or I just want to bring it up real quick. So sure. uh, I forget what year. So Matu scores on Brodeur during a playoff series back in the nineties if I'm yep. correct, yep. and then 2012, Rodor gets his revenge and the Devils end up going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Obviously, they lose, but, you know, still. It, I, I was talking to my friends about this. This is just impressive that people like Lundquist, people like Brodor, they play for years and years and years. Like, in hockey, it's basically normal for a guy to be playing for, for 20 years. Like, in, in basketball, that's almost unheard of. In football, right. that's almost unheard of. MLB, that's certainly almost unheard of, but uh, in, in hockey, it's, it's basically, yeah, we get that all, like, we we, get, we have, like, five to ten guys who are entering their 20th
0: year. Yeah, no, it's tremendously impressive, and I know, you know, obviously, Lundqvist is slowing down a little bit. This clearly was not his best season ever. I think maybe toward the very end of Bordeaux's career, you know, he was slowing down a little bit as well, but... I mean, you have to give props to these guys for for just continuing to go out there and continuing to to grind. I mean, especially Lundqvist and Brodeur because they're goalies. I mean, it's such a demanding position physically and mentally. And for them to go out and for the same team just year after year after year just go out and, you know, give your team a chance to win Uh, in Brodeur's case. I believe he won three Stanley Cups. And, you know, obviously both guys have led their team on some deep playoff charges. So I don't think you can say enough about you know, what Brodeur did in his career and what Henrik Lundqvist has done and continues to do in his career as well.
1: Just impressive. And,
0: you know, I mean, I think we've, I think we've covered pretty much anything. Do you have anything else for me? So I figured we could end with this. Do you have a prediction for who will win the Stanley Cup this season? And, you know, who will win the Eastern Conference? Who will win the Western Conference? I'll let you go first. If you want to throw something out there.
1: Oh, so I... Even though, even though they, they they kind of blew it last game, I feel like the Flyers are the favorites to win it all. In my opinion, I think they're a very dangerous team, and um, uh, yeah. So I picked the Flyers. That yes, yes, the Canadians. Uh, they they got them last game, but that's that's my that's my overall pick for um, coming out of the the East. I I believe it'll be, I'll be, it'll be my hometown team, the, uh, the Flyers. And out of the West, you know, I'm, I'm kind of torn because I'm kind of torn between the Golden Knights and the Blues. So the Golden Knights, obviously, they, they take care of the Blackhawks pretty easily. And as for, uh, St. Louis, uh, you, you cannot, you can never underestimate a reigning champion. You you can't you can't underestimate it. And even though the Blues did lose their last game, and even though this game is uh, they're they're kind of in danger, they're in danger of going home. Never ever sleep on a on a reigning champion because they've been here before. They're champions for a reason. They've been doubted. Like no one no one thought they would win the Stanley Cup. No one. Yeah. But here they are. They're they they're they're reigning champions. They're back in the playoffs. Yes, they're down three games to two against the Canucks, but you know it's just um actually I, I think I need the Canucks to lose to to help the uh devil's uh playoff or no help the devil's uh draft stock because if vancouver uh lo- if uh vancouver uh loses uh that that pick goes no higher than twenty eight which is the number nineteen pick, so I need Vancouver to lose desperately
0: gotcha, gotcha um yeah, no, the blues are a great pick, I fully expect them to win game six and That series, to your point, you know, I think when you have the defending champions backed up against the wall, basically, they're going to come out swinging. Uh, I just get the feeling the Blues aren't going down without a fight. But I actually so I used to write for a website. I no longer write for this website, but they gave us about like 30 minutes to make our Stanley Cup predictions for the season. So that was kind of weird. But I just kind of tossed out avalanche over Maple Leafs. Obviously, we saw what happened with the Maple Leafs, another uh, first round exit. But I'm going to stick with the Avalanche. I like what they've done. Obviously, uh, they just looked tremendous in these last couple games against the Coyotes. So I'll stick with the Avalanche winning the Cup. And in the Eastern Conference, I've been trying to stay away from picking the Bruins. But, man, I I don't know who's going to stop them. I I think it might be the Bruins in the finals. So I will say Avalanche over Bruins. Bruins, you know, another one of those teams. They're battle-tested. They've won the Stanley Cup somewhat recently and they've got some players who have a ton of playoff experience. I think that goes a long way and I just don't know who in the Eastern conference is going to knock them out. So I'll say Avalanche over Bruins in the finals.
1: My question is when the Avalanche have been looking good, but we, we were talking about this in, in our uh, Locked On group chat a little bit. So the Avalanche, uh, obviously they scored 14 goals in, in two games. Yeah. Is it because they're that good
0: or was it because the Coyotes are just that bad? I think maybe a little bit of both. I mean, the Coyotes were one of, I would say just two or three teams that, you know, probably didn't really deserve to be a playoff team, but the NHL obviously had to go with this 2014 bracket. So you get teams like the Blackhawks and the Canadians and, you know, the Coyotes in the playoffs. Um, I think it's just a case where the Avalanche are a far better team than the Coyotes. And that's why they did what they did to them. I mean, these last two games were just ridiculous. A pair of seven, one wins. Uh, but, you know, when you look at it on paper, the Avalanche beating the Coyotes four games to one. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. You know, the Avalanche are the far better team. It's it's kind of just that simple, I think.
1: Well, the, these playoffs
0: have been like, you know, just all over the place. Like, I, I
1: guess uh, it's it's amazing what a like a four or five month hiatus can do to a player
0: and a team. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the, these Avalanche look, they look refreshed. They look like they're ready to go. Uh, it's certainly a uh, dangerous team going forward here right but
1: you know we'll just have to see and whoever becomes champion becomes champion
0: yeah absolutely man i'm looking forward to it uh is there anyone you would before we wrap up for for good here we got a couple of minutes left on this app here but is there anyone you would you would like to see win the cup forget about who you think is going to win is there any team you would pull for from here on out uh i i like the
1: golden knights actually because you know it's like don't underestimate the underdog because uh the the Golden Knights they they've only been in the NHL for a, for a few years. They could have won it in their inaugural season. So obviously they don't have the history, they don't have the experience, they don't have the uh maybe they they didn't have the roster at the time, but now you see them they're they're absolutely dominating. So everyone loves a good underdog story and you know what I I believe in 10 years in the future we'll be talking about how the Golden Knights went from just being a inaugural team, being just an expansion to actually being contenders in just a short amount of time. And and that should give, like, people like the Seattle Kraken, who will be joining the NHL uh, next season, some hope. Like, you know, you can actually win this if you go out and, and put your all into it. Because just because you're an expansion team, it
0: doesn't mean that you, you should be counted out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think if I'm going to root for anybody at this point, I think it would be the Flames. I just think they're an exciting team. You know, Johnny Goudreau is uh, just a magician with the puck. And obviously, uh, you know, Cam Talbot, former Ranger, he's been playing in net for the Flames. So it'd be cool to see him lift the Stanley Cup when it's all said and done here that's i and i agree with you on that but you know i just i'll stick with uh,
1: vegas cuz you know i'm feeling lucky and i'm about to go to vegas right now to to place my bet
0: all right so i guess we can end right there but Trey, this was a ton of fun man talking some hockey and uh yeah we will absolutely have to do this again in the future
1: we should do a revisit of the 2012 uh playoff series between our two respective teams
0: well we can do that but only if we also do a revisit of the 1994 eastern conference finals yeah it's yes, only fair yes. I got you. I got you. We got to talk about the good and the bad for both respective teams. There it is, man. All right, cool. So, uh, yeah, Ranger fans, Devil fans, thanks for tuning in. We will see you guys next time. Thank you. All right, that will do it for today's edition of Locked on New York Rangers. But once again, a big thanks to Trey Matthews for joining the show and doing this two-part crossover episode. And a huge thanks to you guys as well for continuing to tune in to Locked on New York Rangers. So that will do it for today. If you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Once again, that is at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.